Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Welcome into this Friday edition of the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. He is Stephen Gagliano. It's great to be with you on the last day without college football. That's right. Feels good, right? Week zero. And you can look at the slate of games and you can tell me that it's not the greatest ever. But I'll tell you that some football is better than no football. I've got... So, I think it was you that brought it up. Was it you that that brought this up to me? You know, I do so many different audio-based things. (laughs) I have no idea when or where this was talked about. But... Was it you that asked about Kiffin and, you know, potential destinations to me? Where, I, where he would go? We we talked about it on here a little bit, okay. but I didn't bring All it right. up maybe, initially. Maybe that's that's what it was. Anyway, I, I've got... If it was going to be, like, a really good point or something, I was absolutely prepared to take credit, no matter <laughs> what it should, was. you should, always. <laughs> um, something to watch tomorrow makes me wonder if... Lane Kiffin's watching the same thing, and I'll explain why. Also, another big-time recruit committed to Ole Miss yesterday. I think he said he's a 1,000% committed, so, you know. Um, This is a guy, his name is Nick Cole, that Nick Saban wanted. He's got a true Alabama offer, and if he's got an Alabama offer, that means everybody else in the world has also offered him. Uh, Big-time commitment. We'll talk about that as well. But first, I want to remind you the podcast is brought to you by ABS. Advantage Business Systems, absms.com is the website. It's an office technology solutions company that services every corner of the state of Mississippi, wherever you are, if you are a decision maker or own a business and you're looking for office technology solutions, absms.com is the website. And they'll give you, if you tell them we sent you, they'll give you a complimentary office technology assessment And so if you're looking for copiers and printers or mail machines, shipping, uh, cloud storage, data security, stuff like that, uh, absms.com is the place to do it. Also, uh, the podcast is brought to you by LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue, uh, right there in Oxford. It's the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. I haven't looked at the weather because the weather right now is honestly, it's quite, um, quite unfortunate. I know we do have some listeners in the New Orleans area. Uh, analytics at least tell us that. So thank you guys for tuning in to us uh, in New Orleans, my favorite city in the world, and uh, even possibly our friends on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. There's a nasty hurricane coming. Uh, it's it's a, a real one for yeah. sure, It's uh, and it's going to possibly all, grow. Right. I was going to say it's only going to continue to strengthen, you know, depending on when you're listening to this. You know, between today, Friday, and Saturday, it's it's going to get bigger, and, and I hate to say that, but that's just yeah. what we're hearing right now and, and the facts of it. So just be safe out there. So that's why I haven't looked at the weather, because that's all I see. However, if it's a good grilling weekend, get that started at LB's and tell Greg we sent you. They also have daily lunch specials Monday through Friday, so if you want them to do the cooking for you, they will do just that. Again, LB's just across from Kroger on University Avenue. There in Oxford, it is the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. All right. Tell me if this makes sense. I think it makes sense. I know it makes sense, actually. I don't know why I'm underselling something that I've been thinking about. But this game tomorrow with uh, Nebraska at Illinois, Scott Frost and Brett Bielema. Scott Frost's program is 
currently under NCAA investigation because it sounds like the school is giving him up. The NCAA has video of one of their, quote, illegal practices. How the hell did they get that? So, anyway, uh, he was cruising at UCF. Florida made a run at him. He said no. They hired Dan Mullen. Now he's on the chopping block at Nebraska, and it feels like after this season he's going to get fired. Brett Bielema, a little bit different situation because Bielema did not leave for his alma mater, but Brett Bielema's cruising at Wisconsin. Cruising at Wisconsin. They love him there. He's making money. They're going to big bowl games. Maybe not getting over the hump, but he's cruising there. Jump ship to go to Arkansas. I don't know if, honestly, I don't know if Arkansas is a better job than Wisconsin, but that's an argument to be made for another day. Either way, he jumps to the SEC, the conference in college football. Doesn't work out. He gets fired. Has to fart around a little while before he ends up at a lesser job at Illinois. Wasn't he on the Giants staff last year? I think so. Him and Freddie Kitchens being on the same staff. Something just doesn't, didn't <laughs> sit right about that last year. Yeah, he danced around as well with um, the Patriots too, right? Maybe. I think I, he did. I feel like him and Belichick are, are friends. Or yeah. I don't know if Bill Belichick really has friends. Because I think it was the Patriots that he used in the lawsuit. Arkansas was trying to sue him for the buyout that they owed him, claiming he wasn't actively trying to get other jobs. And I think it was the Patriots job that he used as, I'm working for the damn <laughs> Patriots. I, like, you guys have to pay me. They, they were trying to allege that he wasn't trying to get another job. And they ended up losing, of oh, yeah. course. There you go. Patriots find themselves caught in litigation between Brett Bielema and Arkansas. Yeah, because Arkansas go. tried to claim that <laughs> that wasn't him actually searching for a job. And anyway, mm. uh, they lost again because Arkansas does that a lot lately. <laughs> um, it, people ask all the time, and I'm sure you've gotten it, oh, Lane Kiffin's going to leave. Where's he going to go? What program would hire him away? And... Again, I'm not naive to think that that won't happen. I anticipate it happening. In fact, I I think he's going to win a lot at Ole Miss, and a bigger job is going to come. But I've told you guys on this podcast many times, I think that list is smaller. And if I'm Lane Kiffin right now, I'm taking a look at things like Scott Frost, like Brett Bielema, people that have taken the Texas job and failed, multiple in a row now. The grass necessarily is not necessarily always greener. And, you know, you hear people talk, and it, it may just be talk. It may be true. I don't know that uh, Kiffin at first, deep down, probably didn't believe that he could win big at Old Miss, probably didn't think he was going to like it that much. And, again, this is just people talking. I don't know this for sure. I haven't heard this from Lane myself, but this is just people talking. That at first he viewed it as a stepping stone. Get in, win quick, get the hell out. This isn't where I want to be. Uh, apparently, and again, who knows, uh, that tune may have changed some, where it's still not the best job in college football, but there's kind of a, oh, shoot, place isn't bad. Wait a minute. I can actually kind of recruit here, and you know maybe I can win here. And then when you factor in the fact that Keith Carter is not going to let financial, it's not going to be a money thing. Lane Kiffin's not going to come to Keith Carter and say, this job offered me $6 million. Keith's not going to go, okay, no, sorry, take that job. Like, no shot. <laughs> that, that money will not be an issue. Um, I wonder if the changing landscape and watching guys take that jump and fail will factor into his line of thinking at all, on top of the fact that, again, you know, talk is 
he sees the job that he's got a little bit differently than when he first took it. Well, and I think what probably helped that is as much success as they had in year one. You know, they went five and five. I'm not saying they won the national championship or anything but like everybody that. Everybody loved them, right? And they were in, they were competitive in every game. Yeah, it was an instant success seeing him there. I think he won over a lot of people that maybe weren't believers in him in year one, and I think he's only going to build on that in year two. So I think that that probably helped him change that mindset very quickly. Yeah. I just I see guys like the the ones we're going to watch tomorrow and think, I bet they regret it. It's different for Scott Frost because it's his alma mater. You know, I mean, that's that's a tough job to turn down. But I bet Brett Bielema every day thinks, man, I should have just stayed. I should have just stayed 100%. in Madison. Because, look, he would still be there. And he'd still be winning 10 games a year there. I mean, that that's a great program that doesn't get enough credit nationally. But I wonder if Lane Kiffin will turn that game on. I wonder if he'll turn it on at all. <laughs> but he may be fishing or something. Um, but I wonder if he turns that game on and thinks... I don't want that to be me. That's already been me. Shit. Right. He's, he, cha- he chased Southern Cal a better, uh, an objectively better job than Tennessee, although Tennessee fans would disagree. They're idiots. Um, he chased, and it failed. And he had to go get his ass chewed out by Nick Saban every day. On national television. On television, and had to go to Boca Raton, where they would they won 11 games, I think, right? It was double-digit games twice in three years. Couldn't get 5,000 people to show up. It's a great place to live. I'm sure he loved it. Oh, I know he loved it. But <laughs> yeah, still. there are certain advantages to living there. That yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Oxford. There are, there are things in Boca that aren't in Oxford. Especially when you love to do the things that... They have in Boca that you can't do in Oxford, you know. Uh, you know, there's no ocean in your backyard in Oxford. But point being, he already got humbled. Should have. I think, I mean, it, he talks about the tarmac firing all the time. He got humbled. I wonder if he has that mindset. Because he said it publicly, but who knows if deep down that's... I wonder if deep down he'll watch that game tomorrow and think, I don't want to be Brett Bielema. I think at some level he has to. And I just looked it up to make sure I got this right. He's only 46. He's been through more at 46 in his coaching career than most coaches will go through in their entire lives. And so I think after the experiences that he's had and the way things went down with Al Davis and the Raiders and Tennessee and USC, each one ended in such a unique fashion that I think he's now in that mindset of, what really is best for my future long term? And I think that's that's not making Ole Miss into a quick pit stop along the way. Right. You know, do I say that a bit objectively and hoping that that's not the case? Sure. But I, I really do believe that what happened last year and what could happen this year could set him up to be at Ole Miss for a much longer period of time than than people thought. Yeah. Uh, and use Billy Napier as an example. Now, Ole Miss is a much better job than Louisiana, but I, I respect the hell out of Billy Napier, honestly. The the pragmatic approach he's taken to all of this is pretty impressive. Um, he, he's making $2 million a year now. They doubled his salary. He's making $2 million a year at Louisiana. There's clearly a job that he's waiting for, and I think it's LSU. That's just my guess. Yeah. What, I mean, what it else? makes sense. And if you're him, you're like, that job might be coming open soon. And if you're an Ole Miss fan, I said this on the radio and some people called me an idiot. That's fine. Uh, 
I think if you're an Ole Miss fan, you want LSU to go eight and four this year. You don't want them to suck. You want them to be just good enough that they can't fire Ed, but bad enough that they didn't matter. It's hmm. a fair way to They're put They're not it. firing Ed after 8-4. and four. They can't. He's no. two years removed from a perfect season. But What's if they that go, buyout look like? Oh, I'm sure it's insane. Yeah. I'll see oh, if they'll sign NCAA stuff to, to <laughs> get out of it, I'm sure. But anyway, I, there's many different ways to go about it. Kiffin's history tells you that he'd be the one to leave, but that's all that is, is history. But this is going to pay off for Napier. He's going to get the job that he wants, the job that he knows he's going to win at. That's the thing. Yep. Some of these guys are just taking jobs because it's, oh, it's better than the one I've got. Billy Napier's been offered jobs that are better than the one he has, and he's told them no. Yeah, he got a ton of offers after last one season. in this state two years ago. Two years ago. Wow. Hmm. Not Ole Miss. Right. No, I, I know that. Uh, I, I think if Lane Kiffin would have told Ole Miss no, that they would have pursued it and he would have been more apt to consider. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was a hard no. They, they checked in. Yeah, you know what? I know that that's two years ago now, come to think of it. 2021 and 2020. <laughs> I had this conversation earlier. Yeah. Honestly, it feels like the same year. I was even trying to remember, like, New Year's Eve. Did everyone have this kind of turn-the-page mentality of it's over? And I don't remember that, honestly. So, to me, these last two years are just conjoined into one. So, yeah, I'm with you now. Yes, two years ago. Two years ago. We got the timeline back. He said no. Objectively better job. Hell of a lot more money. But he knew it was going to be harder to win. He's good where he's at. He's beloved where he's at. Until that job comes open, why do I need to leave? Where where am I going? That's better. I have a feeling that Brett Bielema really regrets it. I have a feeling that Scott Frost, now especially, it's his alma mater, but still, he should have taken the Florida job. Yeah. That's, Florida is so much gonna easier be to win one. than Nebraska. He should have taken the Florida job. And, and it's I, not like even now, throughout this NCAA investigation, it's not even like they're winning. He has no, not. Suck. Yeah, he hasn't produced any results being at Nebraska. Ole Miss during the Hugh Freeze thing, there were results on the field. At, at least, least they won a Sugar Bowl. Yeah, you could distract people with that, and then it was there was always that cloud kind of hanging over it. Right now, there's a cloud hanging over Nebraska, and your team sucks. So there's no silver lining there because it's a hard job. It's a really hard job. I mean, you think. Well, Ole Miss is is second fiddle in the SEC. Well, Nebraska is in the Big Ten. They are objectively far worse than Ohio State. I think they are a dramatic step below Penn State. They're a step below Michigan. They're a step below Wisconsin. I mean, they're on the same playing field as... I mean, Michigan State's made the playoff recently. They've had a high level of success, far more recent than Nebraska has. Northwestern is more successful than Nebraska is. So, anyway... um, Point being, and even after the year that they had, or with the year they had last year, Indiana now may be on the rise in that conference and on Nebraska's level. Yeah, so. yeah, no, good. Yes, absolutely, yes. Um, Tom Allen's great, but point being, I think that Ole Miss is in a better position today than they ever would have been to keep a coach like the one they've got for longer than people expect them to, and. Uh, we got asked the other day, you know, well, what do fans, can fans do anything to keep them around? When the capital campaign gets announced, do what you got to do. 
Yep. That, that's the thing. <laughs> can those changes get made as fast as possible? Yeah, make can those changes get made, and is the stadium full? I think those up. those yep. two things are huge, and the atmosphere. Oh, that, and also, uh, if you're a uh, Never mind, because this gets people in trouble. Uh, boosters need to be engaged also in the recruiting process. How's that? Mm, yeah, people don't like when you say that, but that's just <laughs> the truth. It's Everybody's got to be firing on all cylinders, you know what I right. mean? I want to see a lot of or, you know, Ole Miss NIL's fans. want to do some of that, though, I think. Right, I was going to say Ole Miss fans right now want to see a lot of Ole Miss football players in local car dealership commercials. We'll no put it that doubt. way now. That's the That's the legal way. To say it, I would think. Well, Ole Miss recruiting is going really well right now, and they, um, I mean, are just taking that approach that we talked about, I think it was Monday, where they're kind of easing their way into the season, and that's true. They've only got 12 commits with the addition of Nick Cole is his name, Um, six of which now are blue-chip four-star players, six of which. So here's why that is important. They may or may not end up with 50% four-stars, but there has never been, ever, a national champion in college football that did not have at least half of their roster four-star or better. It's just one class. I, you know, I'm not saying that they're building a national champion. You don't build a national champion with six four-stars. But very few teams get to that 50% threshold. And the way your recruiting class is currently set up, you're at 50%. That's it why. may not end that way, but the fact that you're there right now going into the season when your strategy has been wait and see, you're in rare air with that ratio in your class right now. It doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't. And I've never subscribed to the fact or enjoyed hearing from people that try to spin the stars don't matter thing. It's a waste of time. It is. You can't tell me that there's there's a reason, basically, what I'm getting at here. Why every single five-star and four-star kid is so sought after. It's not a heart thing. You can't make up three stars because you have heart and character. And that stuff is great. But at the end of the day, the best players are going to win national champions. Oh, yeah. Championships, excuse me. So, And there's always exceptions, and people like to point them out. But those are just that, exceptions. Uh, little, just, the, the, this is a broad stat, but it's still basically the same every year, generally speaking. Uh, five stars have a 50% chance at getting drafted. That, that's how it's worked out. Four stars have a 20% chance at getting drafted. Three stars, about 5%. Below three star, one-ish percent or below. The The numbers have bared that out. It's it, They matter. They, they're, they're a key indicator of how you're doing in recruiting. Of course, there are exceptions, but they are there. And... Nick Cole is a guy, he's from Georgia. He's listed as an athlete. I, as I understand it, he's going to play in the secondary. I could be wrong. That's just as I understand it. On 24-7, he's a corner. Yeah, okay. So yeah. he'll play second in the secondary somewhere. He yeah, offers from, from Miami, South Carolina, Alabama. And, and Alabama, that's a real Alabama offer. Right, yeah. No, on 24-7, I'm sure everyone out there is familiar with how they do it when they are you know, they're recruited by a certain coach. That kind of gives you that indication of, you know, that's a, a program that they're really looking at. So, yeah, Alabama and Miami are two that are, are listed right up there with Ole Miss. So, a really big get. Yeah, from Donaldsonville, Georgia. I've never heard of that. In Seminole, Seminole County. County. How about that? Seminole County High School. Um, 
it's just another massive get. And what we talked about on Wednesday, the diversity of position these guys are coming from. Hugh Freeze was a good recruiter at Ole Miss in spurts, but it was mostly one position. It wasn't diverse. Like, yes, he got Robert Kimdichie, but you look at his offensive and defensive line recruiting, there wasn't the the balance there. It wasn't a full roster of that. It's it was one player. It was about it was. I think his uh, or a handful of players. Yeah, his mindset in recruiting seemed to be more make a splash with one or two bigger names told, and build around it. I was told he said in a meeting once, uh, "I don't care if it takes five quarterbacks. We're signing the number one class in the country." You look at this one. What Ole Miss currently has set up, it's. Four-star defensive end, four-star defensive tackle, four-star offensive lineman, four-star defensive back, four-star wide. I mean, that's the the balance in the way they've approached recruiting is impressive. And so just like we talked about on Wednesday, Ole Miss last year had the number 17 recruiting class in America, eight four-stars in the class. That was 25 guys in the class, right? Yes. This year, going into the season, they have 12 players committed, six of which are four-stars. So if in the remaining 13 guys they sign, three of them are four stars, they will surpass last year's class. If they just add a few more blue chips, they're going to be pushing the top 10. And they're in on a bunch of them. And if they perform to their capability this season, they'll be on a bunch more. It's it's truly a sign of, number one, what we all believed when the, the staff was put together they're going to recruit. It's the best set of recruiters they've ever had at Ole Miss. Do you think with with the way that they're approaching this, do you think that the early signing day benefits or hurts that mentality? I think it, it hurts it a little. Hmm. See, I was going to go the other way. I would say it almost helps because you do get oh, you that high yeah. right off the season. That's it's, a good call. Yeah, you see how things played out on the field. And again, if it goes how they hope it does, then – what kid doesn't watch that product and Lane Kiffin on the sidelines and say, wow, I want to play for him? Yeah, like if they go to Starkville and win the Egg Bowl and go 9-3 and three and Matt Corral's invited to the Heisman ceremony and a week and a half later, you're signing your papers. That's a really good point. Right, but if you wait until you know the real national signing date, you've got a national champion that's been crowned and they swoop in, throw their ring on the table and say, hey, Pick us. And that makes of it. official visits and all that still yep. in between. That's a really good point. Did not think about it uh, that way at all, honestly. It's a really good point. I have one every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't happen often. We'll savor them when, they, when I can. They're cruising uh, right now, and they haven't even really picked up the pressure yet. It's, uh, it's just impressive, guys. I mean, there's no other way to spin it. Um, you know, I've been doing this a little while, and... <laughs> there there were some people that used to think I was purposefully negative, like I would just try to find the negative and everything. I, I got that feedback a lot during the end of the Freeze era and at the beginning of the Luke era that, oh, he just tries to be negative for the sake of it. Um, you know, maybe that's true. I largely think I just want to tell the truth to people, especially on the radio, but there's no other way to spin this, guys. There's no other way to spin what is happening in your football program right now. None. I, I I wish I could. I wish I could throw water on it and say, hey, guys, you know, you're a little too high on this. You know, the NCAA is coming or whatever. I can't do that. 
Everything is looking up for your football program right now. You had a, a great offseason, a great offseason as far as national attention and, and all that. You had positive press with, with the vaccine thing. And by the way, Lane Kiffin said in his press conference yesterday, his team will not be tested before the game at yeah, all. They're not going to be tested. I noticed that too in that, that press conference. That is a huge advantage. It's a big, 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 big deal. And you're seeing at Auburn why that's a big deal. Um, so the vaccine thing was great. The offseason was great. Recruiting's going really, really well right now. People are paying attention to your program. You have a first-team All-SEC quarterback that all he has to do is just play within himself, and he's a top-ten pick in the draft. That's all he has to do. No Arkansas game. If he just plays to his capability without six INTs in a day, he's a first-round pick. And all that? is about to be put on display in front of a standalone audience on September 6th. I I cannot imagine a better way for Ole Miss to kick off the season than in Atlanta, primetime TV, no other games competing against it. By themselves. Yep. Uh, no better way to capitalize on all of that stuff from the offseason yeah. that you just mentioned. They've got to win, and, and it's got to look better defensively. Like It's not perfect, right? They have got to look better defensively. Matt Corral's got to get rid of those Arkansas slash first half of LSU games. Like those, that has to happen. If it doesn't, things will be a little, you know, not ugly this season. They'll still be fun, but a, a little disappointing. Yeah, those it, are things that are correctable, though. That you know, it's not like this insurmountable thing. Just play competent de- defense. You don't have to right. be good. Just stop them on occasion. That's <laughs> all you have to do. Yeah, that's that's the key thing. Is Especially on opening night as we get opening night. It's like baseball. When the season That's kicks fine. off, that sounds good. we're so close to it. And just try to try to remember. Don't go back and watch it because it's painful. I've tried. Don't go back and watch all of the highlights or lowlights of the defense from last season. But when you watch on September 6th, every... I won't even say three and out, but if you just hold a team to a field goal, that is a win for this defense. Yeah. And it'll <laughs> it'll slowly come along. I think you're not going to shut Louisville out or anything like that. I think it will look better, and you said it has to. And But it doesn't have to look leaps and bounds better. Mm-hmm. Just show improvement, and then that gives you a little bit of that benefit of the doubt that we've been talking about for the last couple weeks that says, all right, they're going to right the ship here and get it yep. going by the time you really get into the meat of your schedule. For sure. So uh, there's no other way to look at it, guys. You, the season's 10 days away. Knock on wood. I mean, it sounds like camp is done. And the only – so I, who knows about Braylon Brown? I mean, it's been reported that he's out for the season. It's been reported that he's dealing with a hamstring. I don't know. But he was a true freshman, although having a good camp. You, you didn't go into camp thinking that he was going to start or whatever. Uh Orlando Omana is the only one that, you know, but since they don't talk about injuries, who knows? It right. sounds like he'll be available for the game. And now camp is over. Yeah. So, knock on wood, there's no more injuries. You know, they survived camp, though, without any major ones. This offseason has been great. Great for Ole Miss. I, I can't think of a scenario in which it could have gone better. Yeah. And I, the only point I was going to add on the Braylon Brown thing is any freshman that emerges in camp is kind of icing on the cake, not just for Ole Miss, for any team, because you don't necessarily anticipate them to step in day one, make that gigantic impact. Yeah. So it 
Is it a loss if he's out for the entire season? Absolutely. But we've talked about enough other playmakers on this podcast to know that that doesn't derail anything. Yeah, if they were going to be counting on him, that would have been a big problem. They weren't. Uh, If you lose one of your Juco transfer instant starter defensive linemen, that's a problem. Something like that. But at a group like wide receiver, I think Ole Miss should be fine. Yeah. So there's just a pep talk for you on this Friday. That's all that was. Just enjoy it. Um, Yeah, sorry. I just got a text from Richard. Uh, (laughs) He threw me off. Uh, He just completely threw me off. Sorry about that, guys. Anyway, there's your pep talk going into the weekend. The offseason was great. Now it's time to prove it. You know, great offseasons are only great until the season starts, and then you got to prove it. Big opportunity, though. As a Browns fan, I watched them have a great offseason a few years ago, and it ended... That's the second Freddie Kitchens mentioned here on this podcast. But with that season, it was such a disaster that everything that happens in the offseason is forgotten if you don't win. Yep, for sure. But big opportunity coming, no doubt about that. So another big commit for Ole Miss. Six four-stars now in the class out of 12 that they've got committed. Uh, Really impressive stuff. Uh, So, yeah, enjoy your weekend. We made it. Week zero. Week zero. Enjoy that, and then next week we're talking game week. Not for Ole Miss, but sort of. I mean, it'll be is Monday. Monday so. still game week, right? right? Or is it the? It's not the next week because you know we'll be doing deep previews into Austin P. <laughs> I say that because Monday will be seven days until they play, so that counts as game. Yeah, week. Yeah, it's game week. All right, y'all have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you on game week next time you hear from us. Y'all have a good one. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.